Fake Show podcast is brought to you by Hash House A Go-Go, the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, Brew City Brand Apparel, TheFoodConnectionLV.com, and by Mr. Antenna. Here's a group of new recording stars. Bill, Bob, Barry, John, Susan Cowsill with their mother Barbara. I remember standing where McCartney had stood, opted to stand in John's spot, and... Uh, that was it, man, in a room full of screaming girls. And it was, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, we were the Beatles for the night. We were right up there next to the monkeys, the Beatles, Paul Revere and the Raiders. We were huge. Give me a head with hair, long, beautiful hair, shining, gleaming, streaming, flaxing, waxing. Give me down to there, shoulder length longer. Here, baby, there, mama, everywhere now. Welcome to The Fake Show. I am Jim Tofty, and that was from the documentary Family Band, The Cowsill Story. They were one of the most musically gifted American families to hit the top of the pop charts before it all came crashing down to earth. We've all heard the stories about their heavy-handed father who alienated the family and burned a lot of bridges professionally, ending their careers prematurely. Well, that was then, and this is now, with The Cowsills very busy on the road again and entertaining all their fans. The heart and soul of the band these days is Susan Cowsill, who is on the road right now and on the phone with me. Susan, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm juggling a few interviews, so I'm just kind of trying to figure out who's who. I'm sure you are. You're in the throes of a tour right now, right? I am. We just got out here yesterday, and so today is Acclamation Day, and I'm splunking. I got about a D in Acclamation. Right <laughs> all right, you guys are in Oregon right now? Yes, we are in Lincoln City, y'all. Yes, Lincoln City. I'm sure it's beautiful there. Oh my gosh, it is absolutely a gorgeous day, and our the casino and hotel is right on the beach. It's really nice. Oh, nice. Do you ever, with as much traveling uh, as you do, do you ever hit a city and go, "Wow, I'd really like to live here at some point"? Sure, all the time. Especially yeah. During Katrina, you know when we would be playing places, we had to actually consider that, you know, briefly, if we weren't going to be able to go back home. So yeah, I do. I've traveled all my life though, so I do a lot of that. <laughs> and you're still there, right? You're still in New Orleans? Yes, still in New Orleans. 22 years now. What was it about New Orleans? What drew you to that town? Well, what drew me to the town originally was a band, um, and uh, a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, joined a band called the Continental Drifters. And, oh, yeah. And married the keyboard player. And they were primarily based out of New Orleans. And though we formed in Los Angeles, we, uh, the guys, the main guys in the band wanted to go home. And so I said, well, let's go. Have an adventure. <laughs> yeah. I love that you've done a series of shows. I don't know if you still are involved in that called Covered in Vinyl, where you cover albums by other artists. Yes, and I'm definitely still involved in it. Not, you know, the level... We, for about eight years, we did it once a month. And then, uh, you know, that got to be a little much. So now I just kind of do it when I feel like it. But uh, we just most recently did a Dionne Warwick, uh, Burt Backrack evening, which was amazing. Wow. And yeah, yeah, it's still something I definitely do. It's not like you're backing away from some complicated material, too, because some of that Burt Backrack stuff is pretty difficult. Yeah. Yeah, no, we have really, and you know, I always have amazing uh, 
crew of musicians doing it with me, but we've taken on Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and, and uh, Sergeant yeah. Peppers and, you know, and done a fairly decent job, I must say. It's really fun. It's fun to do to get inside of all that music. And I loved the project that you and your sister-in-law, Vicki Peterson, did, the Psycho Sisters. I, I really no, liked I, that I, album I a lot. That. One of the great Harry Nilsson songs, Cuddly Toy, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was an inspired moment because we weren't really planning on doing a cover uh, or that song in particular but Davy Jones passed away that week and he was my my uh, childhood love and so we decided we'd do something in honor of him and we're both Nielsen fans it's a great song so that was a fun thing to do I know that you uh, you have been told by many a guy that you were my childhood crush. And uh, I, I think I read an interview once where you said, yeah, if I had a nickel for every time. <laughs> yeah, I call them my $5 men. Yeah. <laughs> I asked it, though. I, I was with a friend and they went, a nickel? Let's, let's, let's make some money here. <laughs> Thinking of starting up a collection for every gentleman um, 50 and up. Who is in that category? The seventy-five bucks, and I'll send it to my favorite chair. You and I are about the same age, and you were my girlfriend. You didn't know that at the time, but you actually. <laughs> we had a lot of good times. <laughs> I, for one, really, really loved your family's documentary, and I know that uh, I, I was left feeling just heartbroken over certain issues, and as I'm sure many people were, but it was really well done. I have to. Uh, give you guys so much credit. I know that it took a number of years right before you were finally happy. To, yeah, to... it totally did. It was, uh, it, actually, I think it was maybe even 10 years in the making because Barry, you know, Barry was in it and so we know it was before Katrina. And uh, we had to stop production a few times just because they're going, you know, it, it's uh, quite an amazing story about these kids who, you know, were watching Sullivan in 64 and were on it in 67. Yeah. Okay, who managed to go from that to that. Susan, I love this moment in the documentary where your brother interviews Shirley Jones, who starred in The Partridge Family, of course, which was based on the lives of the Cowsills, but your dad wanted your mom to star. My dad finds out that you're going to be the mother in this show, kind of no matter what, and he's going to kill the deal because of that. My dad wasn't going to let it happen unless mom got to be mom. Really? Yes. That your mom got to be mom? Right. Is that so? Oh, that is I so. never knew that. Oh, yeah. Believe That's me, great. my mother, That's God great. bless her, yeah. had stage fright, didn't want to be in a rock and roll band, and didn't want to be on a TV show like this. Right, right. But she would have done it because yeah. we all did what we were told. Of course. They said, we have this show called The Partridge Family. We would, we're thinking about, you know, having you play the mom. The first thing I said is I don't want to do a television series. I don't care what it is. I don't well, want to do a television that's series. That's what we said. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, of darkness in there. And, and through the years of trying to get a good balance, you know, of, of what was going on, it took, it took, that's what took the time. Because a lot of people just wanted to take it down a, a completely dark road. And life isn't, life's not like that. Life isn't one thing. So we worked pretty hard to try, and that's as balanced as we could get it, you know. Um, but I think it's an inspirational story. You know, we're we're the happiest. We're we're great. We're very happy, grateful people, and uh, all is well. Uh, we're proud of it. I think it came out amazing, and, and Lord knows it should have. It took a freaking long. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I'm sure that it, uh, it must register with a lot of families who have been through it similar does. issues. And to me, 
you know, that's the only reason to make a movie like that, because other than that, you're just airing, airing your stuff, and there's no point in just talking about it. It has touched a lot of people, a lot of people who've been through similar circumstances, and especially people who are fans who had a life that was less than less than happy and follow us in our music. Well, the irony isn't lost, and it just kind of brings everybody a little closer together. Susan, I can't remember who narrated it, but uh, who, whichever Bob. Bro- Bob did, okay. From the Wonder Years, boy. He sounds like a kid from the Wonder Years. <laughs> That's a good point. Right, think about it. When you, if you ever see it again and picture that, you'll start. He did a wonderful job. I mean, he he's did. the right man for it. It was very heartfelt. You know, mm-hmm. the thing I guess that I was left with was that you guys were such talented singers and musicians for that matter. And other than the bad decision making, the business decision making that your dad was making, would you do you think you would have continued for a number of years? Absolutely. You know, we, we talk about that a lot. Just going, wow, I wonder what would have, you know, um, I, I know we would have. We were and my brothers were evolving musically like like crazy. And it was and it was conducive. I think we could have kept going and, and growing in a more uh, kind of mature musical um, arena had we been able to keep moving. That's not what was supposed to happen, Jim. Or it would have. Now we're just totally, you know, cranking along. So. And it's interesting to me how similar your story was to the families of you know the Jackson Five and the Beach Boys. It's pretty weird, huh? Because you know there's not a lot of family bands. And we do all have that same story. How weird is that on a yeah. biological level? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who are you touring with? Who are the cow sills now that you're touring with? Well, we have our band. And um, who we tour with is me, Bob, and Paul. Um, and then my husband, Rush, who's also the drummer in all my, you know, and he writes songs with me. He is the cow sills drummer and has been for years because my brother John is on tour with Beach Boys as their drummer and always has been for 20 years. So it's, and then we have my nephews on keyboards and guitar, Bob and Paul's son. And then we have um, a homegirl from New Orleans on bass, Mary with Frank. So we have a wonderful band that we tour with, but the tour we're on right now with the guys, the happy together people, it's just me, Bob, and Paul because they have a house band, you know? Yeah, we all got, get, kind of get plugged in, principal players of each band get plugged into these house bands. I'm just wondering when you were, when you guys were the cow sills in the 60s, the late 60s, and there were seven voices, how was that all arranged? It just seems so complex now. It's one thing to have two or three people harmonizing. Right. Um, my brother, Bill and Bob were both the, the vocal arrangers. And Bill really in the beginning mostly, you know, but Bob was also that guy. And then Billy was, it was all Bob. They were paying close attention to all the, you know, and, and it's in their blood too. I mean, it's we're aligned DNA for harmonies, perfect arranging, and all that stuff. That was that was Bill and Bob. You and your uh, brothers were on the cover of Tiger Beat and all those other teen magazines. When you were a little girl, did you understand why girls were screaming for for your brothers? No, I thought it was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I understood why I was screaming for Davy Jones, but um. But no, I didn't understand why they thought my brothers were cute. That was creepy. Yes. <laughs> I honestly didn't. Did you think when you were out there touring and stuff as a girl that this is just what everybody does? Yeah, I did. And then the only reason I knew it wasn't what everybody did is because of our friends, you know. But it wasn't. didn't seem unusual to me at all. No, not at all. What do you think was the most exciting TV show, Susan, that you were on? Was it Ed Sullivan? Because I, I know most of the acts were live. I think Ed was pretty much one of, 
like the main one. Plus, it was one of our first ones. Plus, you know, the Beatles, you know, had just been on there a few years earlier. But for me, I really thought the Johnny Cash show was a big big deal. I thought he was amazing. So for me personally, but for, for my family and for my brothers, I'd say it's all of it. Pretty crazy. And but you were... Johnny Carson was pretty cute, too. Johnny Carson. And didn't... Uh, I seem to remember Johnny maybe having just a little bit of a crush on your mom. He really liked her a lot. Oh, how funny is that? But yes, I can totally see that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I think I've seen just a, a few clips on YouTube. and yeah, he, he was j- flirting with her. You're absolutely right. You are. It's funny. Who made the uh, the wardrobe decisions with the family back in the day? Well, I think when it came to the guys, I think it was I think it was my dad bringing it to the table. But as the years went on, you know, we got a um, we had a, a designer chick who who did all the hippie stuff, you know, all that later kind of ruffly and the purple tuxedos and all that stuff. Um, it, it, we we I didn't ever feel we were putting clothes we didn't want to necessarily be in at the time. I wasn't. I got to pick my stuff, which was really fun. Yeah, yeah. I got to pick my stuff. How did it happen that you ended up, uh, you and, I guess it was John, uh, in the Dwight Twilley band? Oh, well, he was my boyfriend. <laughs> Almost 10 years. Oh, yeah, that was totally how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> funny. And how old were you when I'm on Fire came out? Well, in 75, I was probably 16. Gosh. Area, but we were... I was in his girlfriend until 1978. By the way, your solo career, I really like the music that you do. Thank you. And there is one song in particular, it's just one of those that I think is one of the more beautiful that I've ever heard, and that is Could This Be Home? Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, that was one of our dream songs, actually, you know. And like you were asking about traveling and picking a place to live. And, uh, you know, did any of them look appealing as we travel? But when we were doing the Katrina evacuation thing we were just hanging out in different people and so that's where that song kind because of, we had to kind of consider everywhere we were we were staying up with my brother paul in oregon and uh we we're like well you know could we live here you know so that's a, a reflection of, of geographical possibilities how instrumental was music executive artie kornfeld in moving along your your guy's career oh artie was everything for the cow shells i mean he was from the very first song and, and really, when he left it, it started getting skewed, and the focus was leaving, and the leadership was leaving. Artie was a big, big part of our thing. Yeah. I think Bob and Bill felt, like, lost. I know they did. Yeah, he was kind of your George Martin, in other words. Totally was. Yeah. Totally was. Yeah, it's so great to see the tour and how full it is, and it just oh, looks like we're you guys... so much yeah. fun, man. We are having the best time. We're the new kids on the block, and um, and nobody's had to sit at a separate table in the lunchroom yet. We have, <laughs> um, we've, we've been uh, greeted, and uh, everybody's super sweet, and um, I've offered to do everybody's laundry and sewing. There are old dudes out here, you know. Yeah, well, that'll help. Well, when you're in Vegas, remember, your boyfriend is here waiting for you. Uh, right. I, know. <laughs> I, Jim, but I, know we can... <laughs> I appreciate that. Now, one more thing. Are you guys, there had been some talk about a Cow Sills album. Yep. We're going to go in the studio by February, March of next year and make a, a last record, at least. I'm yeah. saying that, but people are getting upset when I say that. But <laughs> we, we know it'll be our last record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're very excited about it. That's great. Susan, good luck on the tour. I, I appreciate, appreciate you very much. So long, but it's, it's, it's complicated out here. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure that you're talking to me on the bus right now, probably. Um, actually, I'm in one of our cars, but yes. And and listen, um, I look forward to meeting you on account of, you know, 
I didn't know I had a boyfriend. <laughs> oh, we yeah, we had that thing. I still have your mood ring. Come on. <laughs> what a trip, man. All right, Susan. So nice to talk to you. Good luck to you. You too, darling. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye-bye. It is so great that the Cow Sills are very busy on the road on the Happy Together Tour, plus a new album and cruise in the new year. And make sure that you pick up that great documentary, Family Band, The Cow Sills Story. Well, that's it for this episode of The Fake Show. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Let's end it on an up note. You knew The Cow Sills did the theme to Love American Style, right? I'll see you next time. Love American Style Listen to The Fake Show on SoundCloud and get alerts when there are new episodes.